You wanted the best. You got the best. In strong language and adult content, the hottest podcast in the world. Slowly, we rock. everyone, welcome to Slowly We Rock, Metal's funnest and dumbest podcast. We are your sole source of entertainment during quarantine and lockdown. We are your sole men. If you have been listening to... Yeah, we are your sole brothers. If you have been listening to anything else, watching anything else, uh, reading, don't bother. Put that book down. Burn that book if anything. Uh, Cancel from Netflix, (laughs) cancel from Disney+. Uh, Any music you can listen to, don't bother. Just listen to us all the time. We've got Where you covered. We need. Yeah, we are the only thing you need in lockdown. I'm James, your host. As ever, joined by my good friends Dan. Say hi, Hello. Dan. Hello. And Lewis. Hello. No catchphrases. Interesting. Um, no. No, I'm going for kind of, I'm going for a more kind of um, like folk hero, man of the people, <laughs> understated <laughs> thing. <laughs> Sure. Is this like your Dylan in the village in New York kind of era? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just just one of the normal people, man. Wearing like a basketball jersey, beach blonde, <laughs> uh, blonde hair, neck tat, like that kind of thing, you know. Humble. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I don't have any neck tattoos. My hair is not bleached. <laughs> so, I, on the webcam, it's a very dark room, so it, that you know, I can't tell. Yeah. Or I can see some very blonde hair. I can't really see a neck either. There could be tats. Big way to spend lockdown just giving yourself neck tattoos. <laughs> Imagine. What a terrible idea. But I kept um, thinking it would be like it, people coming out of lockdown. Well, this is the thing that's... Ha- I was going to say this is the thing that sounds like it's happened uh, on your end, Lewis, but I was imagining people coming out of lockdown, like we'll all head back into work with the, the pub and someone will be like missing a foot. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, what happened during lockdown? Like, what, like, what happened? Or they've got like an eye missing or something. When you say happened in my end, is this in reference to to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Tony Blake? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for anyone, for anyone else that wasn't in our conversation before, oh, this private podcast, conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're not using Zoom, air. so chance of being in it alone. Yeah. No, my uh, my dad unfortunately um, had a bit of an accident and he broke his arm uh, yesterday. <laughs> so he's had to go into hospital, but he's not. He's not the luckiest mm. of men. Um, and I, it's just incredibly apt that he would end up in hospital during a global pandemic <laughs> uh, as the result of trying to put up some hanging baskets in the garage. <laughs> Bless him. But he's he's all well. He's all good. Um, they they gassed him up and apparently he was laughing his ass off uh, as the ambulance <laughs> took him away. So. Amazing. Why is he yeah, putting hanging baskets good. up in the garage? That seems like a place where you're not going to get a lot of natural light. <laughs> so, yeah, this is why it's even more insane, is because... Um, oh, were they inside the garage? Yeah, because what? mum wanted to get some hanging baskets ready to put up outside the garage, but the weather's a little too cold at the moment to put them up outside, so they had to hang them somewhere. <laughs> so <laughs> this is like a temporary, I don't know, flower incubation zone, I guess. I don't know. Do you know what the greatest tragedy in all of this is? 
today apparently is actually International Naked Gardening Day. <laughs> That's actually a thing, apparently. Is it, is it yeah. actually? And your dad has now missed out on the opportunity to put hanging baskets out in the nude. That's fascinating. Naked gardening. Well, we've got a lot of work to do in the garden, and um, our fence is still down with our neighbour. So. <laughs> Roll the dice. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like chicken, like who's doing it first? Well, I'm kind of hoping you'll have just like one like wooden pallet that will just like cover up your junk and <laughs> then you can just assemble <laughs> well like Wilson on yeah. uh, Home Improvement yeah, ex- yeah exactly like that junk <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah how, how's everyone what's going on uh, I'm still in lockdown uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah just kind of doing my best um, I have do you know what I've been doing actually I've been doing a lot of Nintendo Ring Fit yeah me too what is Ring Fit? So they put it out like last year. Uh, it's a game for Nintendo Switch. It's like an exercise game, I guess. Okay. I won't say, it's not quite the successor to like Wii Sport, but uh, maybe it's like the closest kind of thing to it. Wii Fit. Yeah, Wii Fit, I should say. Yeah. But um, what 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 is is you get like a kind of resistance band. It's a um, Pilates ring. Pilates okay. ring, yeah. And you can attach your controller to it or one of the controllers. Then you get a sort of like. Uh, leg strap and you put the other controller on there and then you can basically play exercise games uh, and there's like a whole two bunch two words combined that don't make sense <laughs> <laughs> so like but there's also like a almost like role playing uh, narrative game to it yeah, as well your, your exercises are attacks on the monsters when you do them yeah so the storyline okay, cool. story is that in the game, your Pilates ring is somehow like a magical talking ring. You can even give it a man or a woman's voice. And it's been like, <laughs> yeah, and that you just dressed in like exercise gear, wandering through like a forest or whatever, and like discovers this ring and you sort of free the ring and the ring tells you actually that like this evil dragon. Who's incredibly buff. Yeah, who's like, incre- he's like a black, he's like this big, uh, black kind of like dragon that wears like a kind of like leotard it's like a, constantly a flex- singlet yeah and he's constantly yeah. flexing and he's basically like spreading his like they call it his dark will which i think is just maybe uh like euphemism for like toxic masculinity he's basically like this like workout bro dragon who is spreading like this toxic masculinity all over the land and you and like your ring have to go and like save the day and so you're like doing, you're running on the spot and like doing like, you know, pushing and pulling with this ring. And then you come across monsters when you're on these courses and then you, f- you battle the monsters and to fight the monsters, you have to do exercises. So there's like, uh, you can, there's upper body workouts. You can do, uh, lots of squats, uh, okay. and, um, yeah. like all sorts. Yeah. Yoga, like yoga exercises well. and stuff like that. And what you can then do is you, you have like almost like a loadout of like exercises at your disposal depending on what kind of workout you want to do so i've always made sure squats are in there because i hate them which means they're probably good for me yeah um <laughs> yeah yeah Squat, squats are so good and i hate them so much yeah, yeah. absolutely terrible same like <laughs> I, seriously like my 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 butt is gonna be just oh my god it's gonna oh, look fantastic peachy. by the time i can yeah it's gonna be peachy, <laughs> peachy keen 
So that was how oh. they come out of uh, lockdown. <laughs> um, so I've been playing. I've been playing that, and like, I fortunately, that's the first thing that everyone notices when we come out of lockdown is, have you guys seen Jim's ass? Yeah. <laughs> it's extraordinary. Yeah. Well, how have you been doing? Good to see you. Just straight in, Jim. Look at that ass. <laughs> so, um, but like, my housemate has like really respected how undignified it is to play that game, and has just stayed as far away as possible. Yeah, I'm lucky. I've got space in my room it. for it. Yeah, I, yeah, I've yeah. got no space in my room to do it, so I have to do but it in the living room. It's actually a really, really good workout, I think. It's really impressive, because there's 30 levels of intensity you can set it to as well. Oh, wow, okay. Um, and basically, I think the intensity is how long you hold each exercise. Yeah. So, but you're doing, like, for each attack, you're doing, like, say, 20 squats in a row, or, you know, 30, 30 knee lifts, or, you know. Cool. It's, but it's also the most non-judgmental game for an exercise game I've ever played in my life. There's no like, oh, why didn't you sign in yesterday? Or <laughs> oh, it's not what? like the Duolingo bird. Yeah, oh god. Oh god. <laughs> uh, or like, um, I don't know if you drop the intensity, there's zero um, like judgment from the game or anything. It's not like, oh, maybe mm. you should keep pushing yourself or anything. It's yeah. all about like, what what are you comfortable with? Mm. Um, and it's good. It's, I think it's really good. And, and it's it'll really, g- it'll g- it, yeah, it'll give you some like little. Um, little bits of advice afterwards like hey you know like it obviously it tells you like do you want to take a break and stuff but it will it will like help dispel some of those like workout myths it'll be like hey just do what's comfortable for you because i guess the whole point is it's meant to be for anyone pretty much any age coming in at any level of fitness yeah yeah so it's very accessible um the thing is like good luck getting a copy of it that's the problem right now yeah it was hard to get before lockdown now yeah i was on a waiting list for it you know, like the email update sort of thing for like months and didn't get anything. I mean, now lockdown's happened. I think it's yeah, 10 times the, worse. The, the, the selling for like a couple of hundred quid oh, online at the moment, stuff like that. Like, yeah, when the retail price is like, it's like maybe 65, 70 quid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, right? It's always going to be if people are willing to pay the price. Yeah, people shouldn't pay. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pay, totally. yeah. That's it's the whole thing with what we were saying about like just trying to get hold of weights where dumbbells, just a set of like light dumbbells, like 10K were mm. 150 quid. You managed it's to get hold of some weight though. Yeah, boy. How's that yeah. been going? How's your home gym going? Oh, before, yeah. you, before you tell us, that's one of the reasons, like <laughs> me, my first mistake is going on like the Daily Mail, but Daily Mail have Ugh. a article about ring fit. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll just read the headline to you. Uh, now gaming can make you fit. Nintendo nerd 28 sheds nine kilograms <laughs> in weeks by playing hit game for 25 minutes a day. How can we demean someone for doing something yeah. great? Yeah, why would they? Yeah, I, I have no That's idea. Most, it sounds like a pro like Ring Fit article, but written in the most like <laughs> negative Co- way. Condescending way. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, it's it's been really really nice to have j- just something to lift. Yeah, um, like yeah, and that sounds that sounds way more bro than, <laughs> than yeah. I mean to. That sounds like but, the dark influence of Drago. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing lots uh, of push-ups in between, like bits of work and stuff, things like that as well throughout the day. Yeah. Just to keep it helps keep the mind a bit sharp as well. I think just doing a quick. You know, ten pushups or whatever. Just mm. you know, keep it, keep yourself uh, alert. I think, well, because it can be quite easy to. I mean, I I have a standing desk, but even so, it can be quite hard to maintain that uh, concentration throughout the entire day. 
Oh, definitely. Uh, when you haven't, because you're not, you don't have any social aspect really compared to work and normal work and stuff like that. I've tried to be yeah, a good 100%. boy now and just like make sure I eat healthy during the week. But if I'm going to like snack or drink alcohol, I do it the weekend. Same. I haven't drank in two weeks actually. Just, I, I haven't drank know. in twelve hours. <laughs> I just haven't really. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm the same as Jim there. <laughs> just, it's much more social for me drinking. I don't really like drinking on my own. No. Like I you know, love drinking so much. I find it easy to cut out <laughs> from not seeing people. So yeah, I think. Well, I've um, I've just been yeah, I've been been big on the old uh, the old local breweries. Um, mm. Got a a bunch in from Morbier yesterday. Uh, oh, great nice. brewery, definitely definitely recommend it. But specifically, I went down there. Obviously, these are all essentials, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> they have. To celebrate May the Fourth, they have a Jedi PA. <laughs> uh, yeah, they've, they've actually done that before. Um, yeah, they, 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 at one point they had, I think, maybe two, or even two or four different Star Wars related beers. Yeah, but like a couple of them were designed like so that you could mix them together to actually make like mm. a third beer. Ooh, as weird okay. As that sounds. Yeah, the very first the gray, time I went, the grey Jedi of beer. beer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, Ray Moore beer. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. I can see I'm now, super now excited about May the Talk about Star Wars. I just only started thinking about the last guy, uh, the last guy Walker, the uh, rise, rise of Skywalker. We should be so lucky. Yeah, yeah. Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's out, guys. May the fourth. It comes to Disney Plus. I do not have a Disney Plus subscription. Uh, well, if that's not going to sell it, Jim. Yeah, right, right, nothing will, yeah. It's a very nice-looking film. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, I'm not even... That's not me being snarky. It is a very good-looking film. It, it looks incredible. Where it um, lets itself down is on every other aspect possible of a film. Well, to, to be fair, I think... I know oh, Oscar Isaac's in it as well. One thing as well is that there is audio and visual for the entire runtime. Uh, <laughs> there is, actually. Yeah, which is that? So, a, is that a uh, is that a dig at Last Jedi? Uh, no, it wasn't. Because there's that very specific <laughs> scene where there's no audio. <laughs> oh, that's cool as hell. I love yeah, that. I know it's the best bit in that film. Yeah. The best bit, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to May the Fourth. I get really excited, uh, and I don't know why, because usually some new figures will come out, and all it does is cost me panic and money because everything's only ever available in the states. Does, uh, uh, and freak out. Does your girlfriend have to? hide it from you like you know that episode of the Simpsons where Marge is hiding the chilli cook-off from Homer <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, d- does your girlfriend have to like you know hide all adverts put ad blockers on your computer sort of <laughs> <laughs> block text messages from friends uh, no I mean the, the beauty of it at the minute is that You're if there's anything Mandalorian if any Mandalorian stuff comes out I absolutely have her backing to buy it because uh, of uh, Cute baby odor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank, thank you, Smart. John Favreau, for that get out of jail free card. <laughs> but um, no, one of the one of the biggest concerns, as you as you can see from the, whoever's listening to this, won't be able to see. But um, my room is pretty full of crap right now. There are boxes absolutely everywhere. Um, You're also charging an electric toothbrush in there as well. <laughs> I am. Yeah, that's my teeth. Yeah. Uh, I know it's uh, full. That's unusual place to keep. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> keep it there. Um. Yeah, it's that's the only thing with with lockdown at the moment is that there's I've got no blocker uh, between my girlfriend and 
boxes arriving for me because I usually get everything sent to work. Uh, so I think, yeah, there's there's just this kind of constant stream of <laughs> just post. <laughs> that, that is like that is like almost like a sign of like a bad habit or addiction. <laughs> like if you have to like hide that stuff from a loved one, then yeah. that is a pro- by definition that is a problem. No, no, I need stuff anytime I want. What I did, which is a real heartbreaker, uh, I got I forgot to cancel. I had a Beer Fifty Two subscription. And I put it on a payment holiday and I forgot to cancel it. So it just came out as normal. Uh, Except the last time I had a delivery was pre-lockdown. So hopefully, unless someone snaffled it, there is now stuck at work like an entire box of beer <laughs> with my name on it, which I can't really justify getting at the moment. So, I'm only uh, 10 minutes away. I could be in and out with that beer. True. If you want I'm to, also, go I'm for also it. Ca- I've also confessed to the crime on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was really annoying, especially when I got a text message going, "Your beer's been safely delivered to your to the address." Uh, so I was hoping it would fail if it was in lockdown and then be back to the depot. But no, just sat there waiting. I guess anyone listening can go grab that now as well. <laughs> Good. <laughs> only if, only if they know where you work. Which yeah. I don't think, we, I, th- I think for many reasons, we're probably not going to mention. We're not going to mention, but also it's not like people we know listen to this, is it, Lewis? So, Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, and those, those are the real scumbags. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this and I know you, fuck you. <laughs> uh, no. Oh, man. But Jim, if you want to grab it, feel free. You're much closer than I am. I can't justify what going that far. Uh, yeah, I'll consider it. I mean, I was gonna go. I was gonna go for a run today. If I were to run past there, I might have to go there anyway because there may or may not be a Jedi Knight Revan and a heavy battle droid there. I don't know. That, that's a random guess. Just <laughs> yeah, yeah. speculating. Um, I hope you have like a little winch outside of your uh, re- recording studio room, so that you can sneak boys around the back, then winch them up into your room, so that Kizzy never has to even go through the front door. <laughs> Just waiting for that Amazon drone delivery so I can drop it off at the window. Oh, that would be so cool. Oh, my God, yeah. Weren't people Guess... shooting those down when they tried them in America? <laughs> of course they yeah, fucking were. They've, it's because they're powered by 5G. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, we shouldn't even... <laughs> we shouldn't even joke about it. It's awful. Yeah, Bill Gates is using them to track you. It's. I mean, yeah, if anyone's going <laughs> to gonna be doing that, this evil, evil Bill Gates. <laughs> Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos, yeah. Well, Jeff Bezos is yeah, I think, piece of shit. Yeah, Jeff Bezos is, is like, yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Did you guys see, uh, speaking of evil dickheads, have you seen did you see Elon Musk's breakdown yep. incredible. on Twitter? Absolutely incredible. Uh, I saw that their stocks plummeted again because yeah. like, he did something. Like, so billion. He, start, he started um, posting online about like, you know, end the lockdown. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah. Trying to pretend anyway, that he's like a freedom proponent, but really he's just a scumbag billionaire. He's worried yeah. about money. Yeah, yes, completely. Like he, people like make out that he's like the um, the people like weird like Elon Musk fanboys make out that he's somehow like a real life Tony Stark or something. Hi there. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a, I'm a follower of a billionaire. That's what, who I support. <laughs> I'm not into I'm not into football or rugby or a film franchise. I follow billionaires. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, I don't like music. I don't Which care much for like, do you the support? arts. But what I am into is what this billionaire tweets. 
Uh, um, I just love so, the taste of someone else's boots. But like, yeah. <laughs> but like, if if this guy is like the real life Tony Stark, surely he would be working on like the cure. He wouldn't be just saying, "Oh, fuck the science, just everyone's go out." But anyway, like after tweeting that, he went and tweeted about like how his company is worth like really is like dramatically overvalued. Yeah, he said he, <laughs> yeah, he, he yeah. felt their yeah. stock prices were too high. Yeah, yeah. and then, and then he wiped fourteen billion dollars of value off of them by tweeting that. Like, absolutely insane. Like, yeah, uh, it's it's ridiculous, isn't it? Someone said as well. Um, he put up a post. Uh, I can't remember who the quote is from, but it says, um, "If if I ever differ from science, yes, choose right. science." Yeah, and someone just put that back and say, "Hey, Elon, just a little nudge, dude. You're uh, you're going right against science." <laughs> absolutely insane. Um, Although we don't necessarily follow billionaires, we do follow the arts. Um, so, what have we been listening to? What, what music a segue. have we been enjoying? Great I, segue. I was pretty pleased with that, yeah. Um, I'll start then. No one, no one, no one <laughs> <laughs> give me a chance. Uh, I've had a lot of Planet Rock on during the week. Because in my job, I tend to take phone calls uh, usually once every three weeks, but it changes a bit. But I've had the radio on in the background because normally I'd have, you know, the office environment uh, and it just feels a bit weird having a completely silent uh, room working. So have you thought of maybe going on YouTube and just getting like those like 10 hour videos? Like an office style noise. Yeah. It's like phones ringing and like people like cluttering, like pens dropping on the floor and stuff like that. Uh, no, I could try that. I mean, I think I'd rather listen, probably rather listen to a radio station of music I like. I had to guess, but I could be wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, so that's been good. Um, there's some really weird songs. Uh, so Sugar, <laughs> Sugar Shack's not in there anymore. Yeah, that's that's our rotation. rotation now. Did we talk but, about Sugar Shack on the podcast? Yeah. I'm pretty sure we did. <laughs> yeah. We definitely spoke about Sugar Shack. How many times has she sings it at the end of that? <laughs> uh, there's a new Joe Bonamassa song on there uh, called Conversation Joe- with Alice. Oh. I was hoping it was it was called I Found Out Who Killed John Henry. <laughs> <laughs> but it also, Conversation with Alice is also another one that seems to repeat that phrase over and over again towards the end of a song. Like, I feel like a lot of them have a bet going on now between them who can get the same <laughs> phrase in a song over and over again the most amount of times. I feel like that's like a hallmark of a lot of more new, like new era Iron Maiden songs where the, the chorus is actually just the title of the song repeated five times. Hang on, sorry, new Iron Maiden songs. I know, we're talking like 20 years now. <laughs> yeah. But like, they have they have three distinctive eras, right? That yeah. 80s, 90s, then everything, Brave New World onwards, I would say. Yeah. And like, so many songs off those albums are just the name of the song, sung over and over again. Blood Brothers, Brave New World. Yeah. Uh, I Brothers, mean, I'm I, sure. I, 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 I definitely think that you could... Um, you could <laughs> tie a lot of that to their 80s work as well <laughs> it's weird in run to the hills they don't mention those words once yeah, but they, they, they also say run for your life you know it's run to the hills run for your life it's not just run to the hills okay all right run to the Fair hills run to the hills oh that's really upsetting what song is that uh... <laughs> So Joe, Joe Bonamassa um, is good. I think he's got a really, really great voice. Mm. Really, really great voice. Yeah. Amazing. He's a very, very good guitarist, 
but I th- I'm pretty certain I can't remember who it was. It was I want to say Ingwe Malmsteen because it sounds like the kind of thing that he'd say. Intensely European. <laughs> the intensely European Ingwe Malmsteen. Big boots. Um, said that like there's absolutely no defining sound from his guitar playing, and I think that's absolutely correct. I'll tell you the defining sound dun, in guitar playing. Yeah. Every song sounds like it could be a wrestler's in- entrance theme tune. Yep. No, of Joe, Joe Bonamassa? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Who killed John Henry? Because okay. it's like the missing like, Undertaker theme. But I think, like, he's he's an amazing, he's a fantastic guitarist, mm. but I don't think that he has a voice. I think if you listen to so many blues guitarists, they're so, they're just, like, so specifically nuanced. Mm. And I think because he's kind of an amalgamation of a lot of things, it just sounds like a blues guitarist. If you know what I mean, it doesn't sound like, oh, this is definitely Muddy Waters. Yeah, I didn't know that new song was Joe Bonamassa until they said it. Like the DJ until said his it. his voice, right? Yeah, his voice. Yeah. Do, do like think... he's very good at both things, but he's not very distinct. Whereas so... I think if you like, if you listen to four seconds of Stevie Ray Vaughan, it's like, oh, that's absolutely Stevie Ray Vaughan's yeah. fingers. Like, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, I I, I like things like that. Uh, <laughs> what about Stevie Ray Vai? Stevie Ray Vai. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a bold new direction he's taken. Uh, yeah, they've got a song. I could do that. There's another song that he's playing on Planet Rock this week by Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons called Freak, okay, yeah. called Freak Show, which I don't know if anyone's heard. No. It's no. the most, honestly, the most generic song I've ever heard in my life in terms of a, <laughs> a rock song. It's it seems to all be about like going out, getting drunk, uh, cutting loose. But, you know, getting a bit wild with it, a bit crazy. Um, I don't know if you want to listen to it, in fact. Yeah, go for it. Um, that opening riff is ACDC. Wow, Girls Got Rhythm. Yeah, Girls Got Rhythm. That's a great point, yeah. So I thought it was a cover of Girls Got Rhythm when I first heard it on the radio. Just the intro, I mean, the actual song doesn't. The actual song sounds like a toilet flushing, but... So I thought that musically... Fine. It's the lyrics. Fine. It's, kind of, it's kind of what I'd expect from like an old school rock band now, right? Yeah, that's fine. No, absolutely. Like, fine. It's yeah. Um, <laughs> those lyrics. The lyrics are incredible, aren't they? They're the most bland, generic. <laughs> like it almost sounds like a parody of a song about <laughs> going on tour and partying. How have they not been booked for that um, Butlins Festival? You did? <laughs> yeah, uh, that was my first thought. I think it might have been. They keep advertising a Planet Rock Festival for September. That's ambitious. Okay. Uh, I know Vandenberg are headlining. Um, the former guitarist for Whitesnake. Um, can't remember his name, his first name now. But he's got his own band called Vandenberg. Vandenberg? Yeah. Vandenberg. Is, his, is his surname Vandenberg? Yeah. Or well, Vandenberg. First... But I think they called a band Vandenberg. Interesting. Uh, are you thinking of Van Vandenberg Generator? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'd never heard of him or his band. They're headlining this festival. And they've got like 20 albums out. Yeah, uh, like can we just... yeah Adrian Vandenberg, former guitarist for Whitesnake. On which albums? Which um, one album, uh, Whitesnake, 1987. He... Oh, actually, it's amazing. Oh, no, 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 wait, is this the dude that just came in to do the solo I was on about to Here say, I Go Again? Yeah, but then he's also... On the next album, but on 1987, he just does for solo. Uh, yeah, I, do you know? That, and then he's on Slip of the Tongue off. after that. 
<laughs> that pisses me off so much because John Sykes was the guitarist on 1987 and mm. it's like just the best. He, I fucking love John Sykes oh so God. much. This and then he got fired guy. and they just did that. So they're advertising Vandenberg as headline of this festival saying they're going to play the music of Vandenberg, Rainbow and Whitesnake. So he just did the solo, it turns out, on Here I Go Again. And then yes. he's, he's, he's credited as guitar on the next album, but not recorded. <laughs> Isn't that incredible? <laughs> they, they borrowed his guitars. <laughs> yeah, well, when you got, because you got Steve Vai on there as well. I mean, obviously, they probably yeah. didn't need him, but wow. Yeah, because Steve Vai did Slip of the Tongue. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Vandenberg wrote I, one always, song on it. I'm always amazed by like the careers, a lot of these guys who were partially involved in like a classic rock band have like yeah. kind of carved the, out themselves like the blabbermouth set I call yeah them. like you see well, this is, you see this is why you from need to come to Butlins. claims to be like the original judas priest singer <laughs> but never actually recorded <laughs> an album with them same with like the original acdc singer or something like that as well like but yeah, never, is dave a singer before bon scott yeah yeah i think really? it's dave dave edmonds isn't it <laughs> could be yeah i've no well, idea he didn't record with them did he yeah uh no. no no but like, i think they, i think they'll be like bootlegs or demos somewhere yeah but they've made, but like, gives a, they've shit. made it's a huge bon career off, off the back of it um has anyone listened to anything else <laughs> recorded in the last um, five ten years <laughs> <laughs> i've been listening to um i've been really enjoying ramstein oh i listened nice. to a lot of ramstein this week as well yeah i don't know why it's just felt really appropriate they have not cancelled that gig yet I know. And it's starting to annoy me. Yes. Because I'm it's, pretty it's sure isn't, isn't the... I know they were talking about turning that stadium into one of the Nightingale hospitals. Um, the Cardiff. Mm. Oh, which, interesting. Which I can't remember if they actually did or not, but it seems really irresponsible for a gig in... Is it June or July? Yeah. I, I cannot remember. it's next month. They still haven't cancelled yet, and I just think it's, they're going to need to, and I think they're just trying to hold on to the money long as possible yeah completely like there's so many moving parts you know i don't necessarily blame the band yeah it's next month it's uh in six weeks time wow i I think it's difficult as well though because like everything could be fine by then as in as well by by fine i mean everything could be open by then do you know what i mean i do but i still don't think you're gonna have a situation of sixty thousand people next shoulder to shoulder um even when things do calm down a bit, I don't think six weeks is going to be enough to... No. I don't no. know. It, it just annoys me if they haven't actually said anything. I keep Googling it because I keep thinking I've missed something. I keep, or... I keep expecting to get an email from mm-hmm. Master or something, yeah. Like Pearl Jam, the people who organise that for the it's like London BST festival. So they have like Taylor Swift one weekend and then I think Kendrick Lamar was another one and then Pearl Jam. They've, they've handled it really well. They cancelled and they've said hold on to your ticket for the next two weeks. If this band headline again for the next week, for the next year and you can make it, you can just keep your ticket. Um, but if not, you can get a full refund. No questions asked. Um, they're not trying to make people take vouchers or, you know, credit notes or anything like that. That's cool. Yeah. What Ramstein have you been enjoying, Lewis? Uh, I, I mean, it's not, they're not really one, I think, where there are like definite turds of albums or anything. I think it. It's just a lot of Ramstein that I, I don't know. You listen to Ramstein, right? They are so consistent as a band. Yeah, exactly. Mm. It's um, unbelievable. I'm really enjoying uh, the new one. It's good. Deutschland is yep. such a fucking good song. As soon as you hear the opening synths on that album, yeah, it reminds like, that, the opening of that reminds me of um, Eight Is Maiden. 
Loads. Yes. It's almost got like a Moonchild vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. God, that album's so good. If you haven't listened to it, yeah, I highly recommend, recommend it. it. Really good. And I, find, I finally um, <clears throat> watched the, the video for Deutschland as well. Oh, it's incredible, isn't it? It's fucking stunning. It is so good. It looks like unbelievably good. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Very um, amazing. But their visual art is just as good as the musical side yeah, of it. Like uh, the, the whole is package. It, um, Auslander off the new album. Yeah. Is that the colonial one? Yeah. That's amazing. Um, it starts yeah. off with, again, like cool synth. But what I really love is when the vocals kick in, it's kind of like almost spoken word thing from Till. And mm. like, his voice is just so good. He's uh, so good, man. Such and a I, rich, I think, deep baritone. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. I think one thing as well that you'd really get from the videos is his, like, like, I think if you're listening to the music, he doesn't come across as playful. I, I don't <laughs> think that'd be a word that I would use to describe. Yeah. But as soon as you watch their videos, like, you can tell, because I don't speak German, but you can tell how much is, like, tongue-in-cheek and, you know what I mean? There's, that, there's like, a comedy that comes through oh, yeah, from absolutely. his performance. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's great. It's so, so good. Hmm. Is there any other... Any oh, other releases? I think before we get on to a uh, big one, uh, mm. yeah, I've just because we we mentioned them in passing uh, a couple of on um, the last episodes, but I've just been listening to a lot more of uh, the Black Dahlia Murder and the New August Burns Red albums. Cool, still very good shit. Um, there's a song specifically on uh, Black Dahlia Murder's new album. Mm. Uh, um, let me just try and get it up because I can't remember the actual name of the song. It's got something to do with werewolves. Uh, which has got like a kind of real, like, kind of, it's almost like 80s rock, but like death metal kind of energy to it. Okay, um, I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> triggered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called the, we- oh, the Wereworms Feast. Okay. Which uh, I strongly recommend. But like, yeah, that, that, that sounds got- like a poison lyric. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, it's such a brilliant album. I, I love it. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, How Very Dead as well has got like a real sort of carcass energy to it. Um, I would, uh, I'm, the only th- for me, the only thing I'm ca- trying to kind of work out now is whether or not I prefer Nightbringer's previous album to this one or not. It's like I'm just kind of weighing up what I prefer. Mm. But then I think with their albums as well, like I think time is your best friend because they're so frantic. There's so much going on that on those first few listens, it can be, it can take such a, it can take a while to actually process what's going on. Yeah, mm. I agree with that. And so, like, they, they tend to grow on you over time as you kind of put all the pieces together. So for now, for me, because I've had, like, three years with Nightbringers, I'm mm. like, that's, that's definitely the one. But then every time I listen to Thermos, uh, I'm like, I hear something new, something like another song pulls me in even more, sort of grabs me. Um, yeah, and I've been, uh, been enjoying uh, August Burns Red's new album as well. Um, I forgot it came out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, again, consistency is the key there. Um, there's nothing on the album that you feel like you wouldn't have heard before from them. Mm. But when you're in that mood, like, I feel like they deliver like hundred percent every time. Um, just also the level of guitar playing never ceases to, uh, to amaze me. Yeah. They're tight, man. Like, yeah, like absolutely incredible. Uh, also, new music-wise, you've seen Killswitch Engage have put out a bunch of B-sides for charity. Yeah, it all goes to um, Coronavirus Relief Fund, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Right. Was it from uh, the recording session of the last album, isn't it? I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they just call it like Atonement the B sides. I just had to listen to the first song off of it day, and it was good. Yeah. So this this is the thing, Jesse, um, vocalist for Killswitch Engage said about um when they record like it's not the case that oh these songs are better than these it's mm. always the hardest part of the process for him kind of putting together what works best as an album as like a collective yeah. like the flow um, of it i guess yeah so it doesn't necessarily mean you know like b-sides are shitters it's just these weren't right these weren't appropriate hey i'll take it from uh, oasis in the mass i was about forum, to say like, oasis well to be, <laughs> the b-sides <laughs> can be some of your best songs like <laughs> talk, talk tonight by oasis is like one of their like best like ever song like some ballads just a acoustic song uh that noel recorded after i think he had like a fallout with the rest of the band who just fucked off to uh i think to like maybe vegas for a few days right. something like that must be nice and uh yeah and just ended up like meeting some random woman whose name you can't even remember who like he just stayed with for like a week or two and he just wrote a song about the time they spent together and it's like one of the best Oasis songs. It's a really amazing, intimate acoustic uh, track. Mm. And Chris like, is a B side as well. Yeah, yeah. So hey, some, some of those are your Lots best to be songs. Said for, Iron Maiden, Sheriff of Huddersfield. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> I was about to say the opposite example. <laughs> Iron Maiden with their weird comedy tracks. <laughs> oh, they have some their really, slapstick metal. Really weird B sides. Iron Maiden. <laughs> We also covered Ma- uh, uh, Finn Lizzy um, Massacre. Yeah, it's really good. Massacre. Yeah, yeah. It's Finn Lizzy tracks amazing. They it's also a really covered, good cover. But then they also, they also covered um, uh, FM as well. That girl. Uh, I've spoken about FM before. I love that band. Yeah, I've not heard that cover though. That's cool. It's great. Yeah. Bruce sounds amazing. Anyway, anyway, we're not we're not going straight back into Iron Maiden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All things yeah, lead back um, to it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think uh, for you and me, Lewis, uh, Hill Switch's Atonement was probably one of our favorite albums from last year. Easily, uh, if if not my favorite album, it was mm, just yeah. a joy. Yeah. So uh, for anyone who enjoyed that, I would definitely recommend checking out the b-sides like, yeah i'm gonna have to it was it, it like i think some of them are actually probably a little heavier than what ended up on the album mm. itself okay cool um and i think you know sometimes you just you know you want your arms to be like a nice smorgasbord you want like a bit of mm. variety on them and i think yeah i can see maybe they cut these out because maybe the out it would just be maybe slightly too not monotonous but like there wouldn't be like that kind of journey it's quite a lean album isn't it um, it is very really lean, so. yeah it's really like, lean. If you think, if you think about the previous album, which was too not. many tracks, yep. yeah, yeah, they definitely lean. made I the right see. choice with his new one. It's and yeah, I think as well the, really the newest, the newest one feels like, and I don't mean uh, this is not a derogatory term in the slightest, but it feels particularly poppy. It's hmm. you know, it's oh, it's yeah. definitely definitely not as heavy as a lot of things that they've done. It, it's not lacking yeah. any heaviness. For but sure. I feel like they've always had that sensibility in terms of like hooks and one hundred percent choruses. But I think I think there was a lot about this that felt more. Like that in a really, really, really See, great I, I way. Broken, I am broken too. Oh, like, it, waits, it waits no time getting to the chorus. It's less than like three minutes long. Like it was definitely made for yeah. song. I think. I think that's why. Um, that's one of the things that's gravitated me towards August Burns Red so much because, like, August Burns Red are a very melodic band, mm. but like in you know their songs don't often follow the kind of more like poppy formula. Yeah, but a lot of metalcore does. I think metalcore's like kind of like biggest enduring was when it you got to bands that literally just did like the chug chug scream scream here's the singing chorus mm-hmm. 
it's a breakdown kind of thing. Like it, it became so formulaic. Yeah, and I think. But I think that was like I the think, second wave of metalcore, right? Oh, so that was totally. that was as soon as you got what like um, of mice and men asking Alexandria. That exactly. they're kind of more sceney. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Bigger fringes, yeah, Bit, a lot <laughs> bigger fringes, <laughs> bigger yeah. fringes, tighter jeans, less visibility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, crab coring, that colors, kind of thing. <laughs> wearing oh, yeah. colorful cool. clothing. <laughs> yeah, um, and so I think for me, August Burns Red, they, they. Um, they kind of it feels like they're trying to they've definitely carved their own niche but every time i hear them it feels like they're trying to push the genre forwards in terms of like how technical you can be or you don't have to have that like singing chorus all the time that and yet you can still be melodic yeah um so yeah their newest their latest album guardians like uh i don't even know where to start with a lot of their records like diving wherever but um this is a damn good one well Mm. We're talking melodic metalcore. There he is. Yeah, speaking of oh, this feels, look at that. Yeah, right. What, God, this has been such a smooth, yeah. smooth Honestly, show. It really has, hasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, like, there's three of us, and I like to think we together form like a little bit of a uh, trivium. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Absolutely Dan, no, no that, was good. that was good. Smooth. You love to see it, Dan. You love to <laughs> I see do, it. I do. I love it. <laughs> Give me a segue. Absolutely zero, zero friction burn from any of these segues. Just gliding, <laughs> gliding <laughs> through conversation like a greased yeah. seal. Nice lubricated podcast. Exactly. Yeah. You're not, you're not like, uh, you're not going down the carpet on the stairs, you know, it's like smooth. <laughs> no, no, I'm just sliding down the U-bend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be the other title oh, for this I, uh, I, podcast, sorry. wasn't it? Sorry, <laughs> just, just going to... Uh, it was 50-50 between go, that and Slow Your Rock. I'm going to go back, okay, to last time we recorded. My toilet was broken. Oh. I, oh. Didn't, mention, I didn't mention this on air, but like I was trying to fix it right up until like a minute before we started recording, and it really just put me on edge for like, the whole episode. <laughs> Did you get it but, fixed? Um, you seem more relaxed today, yeah. so... so mm-hmm, yeah, so it's because I'm re- we're reco- recording on my fixed toilet. Um, yeah, so basically... Your toilet has a-, a headboard. <laughs> Spends a lot of time in there. Yeah. Okay. Get my best work done. By toilet, he means you uh, cut a hole in his mattress. <laughs> <laughs> well, how else am I going to get to the chamber pot underneath? Good point. So, there you go. Um, yeah, so the first, like, the... Just to go through some toilet tech. Great. I, lo- I love this. Just requiring. as we're talking about how smooth this podcast has been, we're, we're now going into the inner I workings mean, was... of Jim's toilet. <laughs> but like the, uh, like the, um, once like you'd flush, like the bowl would continually be filling up and the cistern or empty and the cistern wasn't filling up properly. Uh, these okay. are technical terms. Yeah. So oh. what, what was that? What? <laughs> It turns out that like the um, like the button, the flush button, had basically kind of like decayed, literally decayed over time. Like it was covered in like lime scale mm. or whatever, uh, and it had broken. So when you're putting the flush down, it's not pulling the it back up again mm-hmm. to cut off the flow of water into the bowl and where the cisterns top up. And so every time you'd have to lift the lid up, then pull the like bit in the toilet like mm. up mm. then stop it yeah uh, which was gross it was no fun whatsoever it's great content so <laughs> i had ordered the click and delivery like a new button to replace but then when i got it it wouldn't attach to the bits inside the toilet like it was like the wrong shape 
I spent like most of my Friday night and Saturday morning with my hands in the toilet trying to fix it. And so in the end, I came up with like this amazing like stopgap situation where I got like a like a, a tape measure, but the kind you use for like um, what is this? You know, like measuring your weight or something? <laughs> oh, like a seamstress? Uh... Like a yeah, yeah, which, yeah. I, which I had, I had a similar situation once. I fixed work. it with a shoelace. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And fucking I, MacGyver um, that toilet. You have to. Yeah. And so, like, you just yank on the uh, the tape measure yes. every time you want to flush the toilet. But you, like, depending on like the severity. Why of, like, did you have that doing, sort of uh, tape measure? Uh, I had borrowed it from someone. Okay. Well, we're not okay. getting that back, are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> of all the things that you would expect, like, could happen with your your tailor's tape measure that you've lent yeah. to a friend, it being used inside the inner workers' toilet. toilet. It's not- yeah. <laughs> so um, every time you, and Lewis, you'd appreciate this. Every time you'd like, oh, use cheers, toilet, you'd probably check the tape measure and go, "Okay, that was like a four-incher." That was like six Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Sorry, I haven't been giving you enough credit for this, Jim. Thank I, you I very thought, much, yeah. I thought that this might just be a terrible piece for people to listen to, but you've got me. Um. As, soon as, as soon as you start discussing measuring turds, yeah, I'm, I'm hook, line and sinker, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've gone. You've gone, Jim. I heard your microphone bit again, so maybe unplug it and plug it back in. Imagine if we don't get to talk about Trivium. Well, we're coming off an hour, I think. So, <laughs> I oh no, we're ten minutes. So, I, I'll be honest, now there is kind of a big part of me that is definitely interested in just leaving this podcast after some toilet chat. Can you <laughs> imagine? That was it. Especially that was... after that segue to Trivium, and we even said the word Trivium, and then we just go back into toilet chat instead. That's bonus content. You have to pay for it. <laughs> that's yeah. That's behind the paywall. <laughs> if you don't pay, you just hear us talk about fixing toilets. Okay, can you hear me now? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, uh, we're just saying, imagine if we don't actually. I get know. I to... heard you all. Yeah, I could hear you all on the uh, on the computer. Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, we'll go to Trivium now. Uh, how do I even segue into that? Oh, you've well, we had. I mean, it's it's almost like we had the perfect segue, <laughs> and now you've insulted them by comparing them to toilets. Speaking of things that also begin with T, like toilets and tape measures. Trivium. Incredible. Inc- <laughs> fucking incredible. Amazing. He's done Jim. it again. <laughs> Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I mean it that way around. Florida Metalist <laughs> Trivium brought out uh, their newest album, their ninth album, but, if you mm. can believe it. That's mad. I think that's crazy. So many, so, yeah, yeah, so many forgettable uh, albums. <laughs> I, actually, I actually had a moment when I saw when the last album came out, like what year it was. Mm. That's so weird to me. It does not feel that long yeah. since it came out because I remember us talking about it um, when we used to record in your living room at your old place. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I couldn't believe it in three years. Yeah, I know. Well, two and a half probably. Oh, but still, man, yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got really, really vivid memories of listening to that album as yeah, well. I think it just came out at like, such well. a perfect um, time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I will say that. I would say in terms of like forgettable albums, I'd say there's two, two forgettable ones in there. Cinema Sense, not um, Silence in no, the Snow. No, Cinema Sense. Silence in the Snow and yeah, uh, Vengeance Falls. Falls. Yeah. yeah. The Crusade is fine. It's, you know what? I, I enjoy I'm coming around on the now. Crusade a lot. Yeah. I th- it's really fun. I think it's not what I needed then, but maybe it's more. What you need now. Like, 
Oh, yeah. As a as a follow up to the the previous album, it's terrible in yes. terms of in terms of being a follow up. Mm. In terms of a fun album to listen to, where yeah, they're okay. just going on their influences. Metallica. Yeah, uh, no, I think I'm 180ing on it's, it. I, I am. I've done it over the last couple of years. I've really come around on the it. The Crusade is basically like their Avenged Sevenfold's Hail to the King, where it's yeah. like yes. all of these songs are just basically like tributes to like the bands that we really liked. Metallica. And they're really good at it as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 But present day, yeah, Trivium released their ninth album, uh, What the Dead Men Say, uh, mm. which came out last Friday. Uh, or I guess by the time you're hearing this, it will be Friday before last. Uh, maybe it's next Friday. <laughs> what the what fuck does that mean? <laughs> Just go onto Spotify and it will show you the date uh, when you go to listen to it. No, no. You should only use this podcast to measure time. <laughs> this, this, oh, Christ. This is the new calendar. And you should only use tape measures to measure... <laughs> to... <laughs> uh, what the dead men say... Uh, great great yeah uh first off uh first impressions guys what do we all think of it um i thought it was actually incredibly fine yeah just fine i thought it's fine yeah it, it it's it's a weird one for me um i don't want to sound like too negative because there's a lot that i do like about it mm. um i think the best most of the best tracks are the ones that they've already released as singles yeah um but then that might be because i'm more familiar with them i don't know yeah. but I am feeling really disconnected from this album because I do not like how it sounds. Okay. Really? I do not like the production at all. I think the production on the last one was lush. Mm. Um, the production on In Waves is maybe one of my favourite metal productions ever. It just sounds amazing. Mm. I think this just sounds very, like, it sounds quite flat. Like, it doesn't feel very dynamic. It doesn't feel very in-your-face. It sounds like some things are just louder than others. Um, I'm not getting like the punch from the drums mm. and it, I think everything sounds a little too perfect and a little too clinical that I'm finding it kind of hard to like attach to because like for me production plays a massive massive part on how well I click with albums for sure because sure. I find I find it such a distracting thing if it doesn't sound I don't know like right to me mm. Um and I just feel like this is really, really weird sounding. Really strange. The the double bass sounds like super tappy. There's no kind of like oomph. Did they wait for that um, Vinnie Paul Pantera sound? It's, yeah, yeah. It's click, got, click, I don't click, know, just click, the, click, click. the drums feel like really small. And their new drummer is, I I love, my biggest, my favourite thing ever is tingy bits. I fucking love tingy bits. Yeah. Drummer starts <laughs> messing about with some cymbals. I'm sold. Absolutely love it. The the tingy bits in this feel like pushed right back and it just feel I don't know, really, really weird. Really weird. Good album. Um, it just takes, it's maybe taken me like two or three songs to adjust to how it sounds, mm. by which point mm. you're a catastrophist and I like that song. Yeah. So, weird. Yeah, that's that's my kind of first, like, the, the, first impression. The production was what killed um, Vengeance Falls for me. That album okay. is so, so muddy sounding compared mm. to other stuff they've done. I think I would agree in that I prefer the sound of a cinema sentence uh, to yeah. this one. Um, but what I love about this album, we're talking about lean records, is this album is so lean. It's, yep. four, okay, like yeah. it's 40, yeah. 46 minutes long, um, but 
it has all of the technicality that you'd get from like a cinema sentence of a shogun type of mm-hmm. album which but, way less chaff yeah but wait yeah exactly but like it's just getting straight to the point and like i would definitely say it's a grow of a record like i think like the songs on it for the most part are more technical and complicated i think to me at least than what they've done in a while um and so i think with those kind of albums like they do take a bit of time to kind of set, sort of settle in but so far like, i am i'm absolutely loving it like i think it's almost like the perfect mm. length for like it's like a workout album like if i go for a run or something like that yep oh uh, yeah it's a very good i, I ran to it yeah. earlier in the week it's really perfect for that um got that aggression to it yeah i i would also agree though with you that like yes the album is probably a bit front-loaded um it's not that i think the back half isn't good but like they come out swinging with those first like three or four songs absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. whereas with, with the cinema fair. sentence when you get to like the back half, you've got like sever the hand, and mm. um, you've got uh, thrown into the fire. Like a couple of yes. like the best songs off that record right at the end. And where's you know the last few songs on this album? Like uh, like bending the arc to fear is a really cool heavy tune. Like it's not, it doesn't grab me the same way that amongst the shadows and the stones does yeah. early on. But but then th- this is the thing, like to. And I don't. I really don't want to sound like I'm discrediting this album at all. I think it's good. Mm. I think it is a good album. Um, I I don't think I love it as much as the one before. Mm. But no. I think that maybe the reason that I'm enjoying the front end more is because I know those songs. I've heard those songs. Right. Yeah. I've only I've only listened to this album like once. I'll be Do you honest. think maybe over time you'll adjust? To I think it. so. It, um, it feels like that. It's funny you say this is the ninth album because uh, what I really like about this one and the previous one is it really feels like they've solidified what Trivium's sound is or what their style is of, mm. of, of metal. Yes. Um, whereas I think, cause I've always liked them, but they have always, they've always, they've moved around a lot in terms of style. And like, we just talked about the crusade for instance. And, you know, even if you just listen to save a song in waves, it doesn't sound like some of their other stuff like at all. Yeah. And yeah, in waves doesn't sound like pull hard on the strings of your martyr. No, exactly. Screams, Whereas I feel like these last like, two albums, yeah. they're still being creative and changing things up and mixing up a bit, but they've still got that sort of core sound now, I think. Like, this is a Trivium song. Like, if you listen to it, you could tell it's Trivium uh, doing it. Whereas I think before, they hadn't necessarily got an easily like, recognisable sort of style. I feel like they... Yeah, I feel like you had, like, the Ascendancy, then you had the Crusade, and they were, like, t- the two sides of their personality... Mm-hmm. And it yes. took them, yeah, it took yeah, them okay. a really long time to be able to get those to meet in the middle. Like the balancing act of it. Yeah. Um, I also feel like his vocals are a lot more, his singing style's a lot more, I feel like maybe he's found what he's confident with in terms of singing and screaming. He he doesn't sound like he's doing a Hetfield yeah. anymore. He sounds like Matt Heafy. No, exactly. Which I, I think, think also really helps. Yeah. But I, I really like this album a lot. I think obviously, same as Lewis is saying, the the singles stick out to me, but only mainly I think because I've listened to them so many times, mm. which is definitely a compliment to their songwriting. But yeah. I already know the out- song so well before the album came out. Um, yeah, I think when I've, um, when I've but, listened to them, I've, I, like, first I was like, whoa, that was a lot to take in. Okay, I'm going to have to go back to this. It's almost like, there's there's almost like a kind of, not as a puzzle, but I feel like every album, every time it's this album, I'm unpacking something. Yeah. yeah, and I think with, like, so if we take the singles as a, a demonstration, Catastrophist, when that first came out, I was like, eh, okay, fine. Then it gets good, maybe, like, halfway in. I think mm. it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is what I wanted. Yeah. Um, now, I really enjoy it from start to finish. Mm. It's, I don't know, there's this weird, 
I think this is the thing with Trivium a lot of the time that I find, is that some albums I really have to acclimatise to. Mm. So the sure. last one, I didn't. As soon as it was on, fuck yeah. Beyond Oblivion is one of the best songs that Trivium have ever written. I love it. Um, yeah. It's so, so fucking good. It showcases everything perfectly. Whereas this, like, it's definitely, it's like, similar to what I had with Shogun, that it's really taken me, or it, it just hasn't clicked straight away. Yeah. Mm. But I can recognise that, Good. There's something in I there. Like yeah. It. Do you know what? Uh, I was thinking of you. Well, the song The Defiant sounds like it could be Ascendancy okay. Era. So that was the standout for me. When as soon as it got to that, I was like, <coughs> okay, this is the single. Yeah. This is Yeah. yeah. Uh this is your um Oh what's the one called? And now I see it to this tearing. Yeah, uh, Dying in Your Arms. Dying in Your Arms. This is your Dying in Your Arms, <laughs> yeah, right? Totally. Yeah. Um I love um like amongst the shadows and the stones, that's got like almost like an ember to inferno energy mm. to it. So aggressive, yeah, yeah. Like, I loved it like, right out the bat. That is that the one that's really aggressive straight away. Yes, like within. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. It just grabs you straight away. Yeah, because uh, he's just immediately screaming in your face. So I had a quick look about like uh, what some of the songs are about, like in terms of like their lyrical content. Um, yeah, the defiant apparently was inspired by. The R. Kelly documentary, Surviving R. Kelly. Oh, wow. Yeah. And okay. uh, it's about abuse enabling That's and like, surviving abuse. Yeah. Um, whereas the song um, Sickness Unto You was about Matt Heafy's perspective after having put his dog down. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Wide variety of influences lyrically on yeah, this album. That's good. Also, I would like to point out something that's absolutely absurd so usually um when you're recording an album the drums will take a couple of weeks mm. um this guy i cannot remember his name for the life of me jim i feel like you will uh, it is alex bent alex bent him uh new addition to trivium just feels like the perfect guy three days mm. no three way three days he recorded the entire fucking album that's in three days um yeah and that's absolutely true so the the whole band um this is one thing that i love about matt heafy is he says that he approaches everything as if it's uh like an athlete so he wants to his guitaring and his vocals and everything to be absolutely tuned uh ready to tour at any time right so they they put so much work into pre-prod and rehearsing for the album the whole thing was recorded in 16 days. Yeah. Every single fucking thing laid down recorded. 16 days. See, what? You think, I think they, they, they had like written and rehearsed <laughs> every song until it was absolutely 100%. So they were just literally going in just to track it. Effectively. Yeah. And at that point, it's, I guess you're just sitting down. It's just muscle memory. 16 days for this, this album, this super technical, really good. That's it's, insane. And it's I like think the anti Chinese democracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Even it, it sounds it like feels... the band who's performing it. <laughs> <laughs> it. It feels like that as well. I think that was one of the one of the, the things that I really really liked about it is that it feels so cohesive. And yep. it because when you do draw out recordings, right, you're going to be feeling completely different towards the end of it as you are at the start, especially if it's going on for months or years or like two decades. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like that at all. It, yeah. They've just hit the ground running and carried on until it's finished. Yeah, uh, I, I, I think um, that kind of uh, that that mentality of making sure everything is a hundred percent written, going to the studio, getting it done, like it, it comes across so clearly in the album as well. Like it's interesting because you can tell, like 
when you get like those bloated albums and like you then you look at you, you look into like the read you read a little bit about the history of it and you go oh okay this mm-hmm. album was recorded over the course of two years in like five different studios and yeah, there was like yeah. a lot of like creative tension and this that and the other and it comes across in the actual album like you know you don't find those bands that took like two years to record like a 45 minute album <laughs> which which as well i think you can absolutely go the other way if something is so polished before you're going into the studio you can lose some of that charm mm. right because some of some of the best things that happen are just those experiments and just like, those little fuck-ups and a bit the more weird... spontaneity Exactly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which which you do get a lot with, uh, you know, longer sessions. And when the album's in like a particular place, maybe it's you know, it's like five sixths completely written, and then that that last little bit is just going to be the magic that only happens in that studio. Yeah. Mm. I don't feel like that's the case for this. It it does feel good. Mm. Um, I just wonder if maybe part of the kind of like overly polished sound is because the recording was just done so quick and knocked out of the park that you can get almost like too surgical with the, yeah. the post-production stuff. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. It's interesting because like, I imagine there's probably, there must've been some stuff that they left off and you wonder, was it because they weren't hundred percent done? Like, what is it? What? Like there's, there's obviously a con, there must've been a conscious decision somewhere down the line to go, we're going to make this album as lean as possible. We're going to make sure it's all hundred percent done. I kind of just yeah. maybe what was the experience with making like say the sin the sentence for example that went mm. okay we're kind of going to go almost like we're just going to go in and get it done straight away but um yeah like I it sounds weird but like for Trivium like they're not a band which I think I think Trivium to, to me have maybe put out like it with this probably about like maybe like five just absolutely great albums now not in a row mm-hmm but like between Ascendan- no. Ascendancy, Shogun, In Waves, in the Sentence, and this, like five yeah. like bangers. Obviously, where you want to rank them, to each their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it's, but they're a band which have so so often struggled to capitalize on their successes and what mm-hmm. makes them so good that you just when you think they kind of hit a roll, like they did between Shogun and In Waves, then they put out Vengeance Falls and Silence in the Snow. But you worry every time you do a good album, you're like, oh my God, are they going to keep it up for the next record? Yeah, or is it going to be, yeah, you don't know what you're going to get. Or Ascendancy to the Crusade, you're like, oh man, like, come on guys, like, please keep it together. And yeah. I think now, I, I think they've probably got to the point where they've probably taken some pressure off of themselves in a way. Like there was all those infamous okay. quotes of like, we want to be the next Metallica or whatever. And they yeah. had like a lot of scrutiny in the press and stuff like that. And I wonder if they. Bro, so- I bet every band wants to be the next Metallica, yeah. really. They just don't say. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think, I think the, prob- the yeah. problem, with, like where that suffered, is that not every band uh, sounds they- like they're trying to be the next Metallica. <laughs> yeah, so they, so they came out like at what, like eighteen or something, mad with Ascendancy, yeah. just this absolute lightning in a bottle, um, and then they kind of, I guess, like a lot of you know, metal fans can be like sometimes they're mm. not, not the most uh, accepting sometimes. Completely, uh, yeah when you've got these 18 year olds saying, Hey, we've just done this record that at, at the time, like screaming in the mainstream wasn't massive. Right. A lot of people didn't like that mm. uh, from like the older generations in particular. Yeah. Um, they then say, Hey, we want to be as big as this band that you might know for being super <laughs> commercial. Mm. Right. From like the black album. Um, then they did an album that was super commercial and it, 
<laughs> very, very Metallica. Yeah. Sound. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It, I feel I, like I think that in a, it's just this weird it, thing it, that happened. In a way, I feel like the Ascendancy was like their, like, you know, hey, this is our album and like we're going to get all of like the new school fans on board. And then yeah. they made the crusade almost like the cynics who were like, you've not cut your teeth. You don't know. Yeah. What, yeah, yeah you, you don't appreciate like the classic method. Like, no, we do. Here's this as well. Uh, but the problem was that I think each one of those albums, instead of uniting their fan base together, just alienated. Yeah. <laughs> the and I think, and I think this is what you're saying, like how they've never really capitalized on that success. Mm. Right. So after the crusade, they were massive. Mm. They were like the biggest thing in metal. Yeah. I can remember the, the buzz around just that the anticipation for that album because yeah. it, it was so new it was so fresh and it brought all of the kind of underground things that were happening at the time right to the forefront mm. it made guitar solos cool again yeah. mm. they've been out of fashion for what like 10 15 years beforehand mm. um they do this big commercial album they get massive success then they do shogun maybe their least commercial yeah. album and it's, do you know what I mean? I, I feel yeah, like yeah, it's really cool. I love that they've done whatever they've wanted at any given point, but I feel like maybe a lot of the time it's been at the detriment of their own kind of size, if yeah. you know what I mean. I think you wonder if, yeah. like, say they could go back in time and they could follow up Ascendancy with Shogun, how yes. things would be different. Where, because, like, mm. Shogun feels like the album which maybe a lot of people would have wanted after Ascendancy rather than the Crusade. Yeah. Shogun's a wicked yeah, album. Yeah, and, like, so. Yeah, it's just interesting. If, I bet if you could go... I mean, obviously, most bands are like, oh, I wouldn't change anything if you go back in time. But I'm like, if you could go back in time and maybe release some of these albums in a different order, you absolutely yeah. you absolutely would have. Because, like, yeah. it, it, the tra- trajectory of the band, I think... Like, for all you know, they could be almost where Avenged Sevenfold are now. Like, Avenged Sevenfold... I think, I think that's definitely, it. Yeah, like, that's... It felt like there was a point where it's like, okay, we're waiting for, like, one of these bands are coming up one of them is going to be the big breakout success. Which one's it going to be? I think both Trivium and Avenged Sevenfold swung for the fences for that more accessible album around the same mm-hmm. time. And Avenged Sevenfold nailed it and Trivium didn't. As, to, mate, 2005 was still my favourite year for, <laughs> for metal. That was where all of the albums that kind of got me into it happened, man. Good times, though. Yeah. But yeah, that, I think that's a really good point. Because in my head, I think I'm always comparing like the size of them because they were the same size at that point they were level banging the yeah thing. and then sevenfold and then just like picked up steam and like pulled ahead pulled ahead yeah. yeah yeah and now they're the ones who've been like headlining download festival when i think a lot of people expected trivium and i think trivium still will at one point i think it will happen i think they're there now with this friday one. night it... friday night at download i think it's gonna happen one yeah. year i would i would love absolutely love for them to be in that position yeah i think with these last two albums they've solidified that as a I think, I think we we need new I know Trivia might even a new band now we just said they're on their ninth album but like <laughs> but like if you look at like the bands who are headlining like Download Festival and stuff like that it is a lot of the same almost like legacy acts you know yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's it's a safe booking man. exactly it's a yeah. safe booking ACDC are gonna sell 100,000 tickets <laughs> yeah you know what I mean the, like, the irony there is like you know you, you talk you hear people who I talk to people go and say hey did you go and watch like Def Leppard and they're like no, I went to watch. I went to watch so and so on the second stage. You know, yeah. like this. Like people do are craving new headliners, but I think with metal, there's always been like a weird like you have to earn your stripes. You know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. like when Avenged Sevenfold headline download, people are like, are we going to have enough material to play? It's like, 
Got like seven albums. <laughs> I know. <laughs> People just get used to legacy bands, though, don't they? Yeah. I think that's the problem. Yeah. But it's funny because you look at like other festivals, like I think we talked about it, it's like Arctic Monkeys headlined Glastonbury off the back of one album. Yeah. Uh, or was it Reading? Yeah. Yeah. The, Reading. Reading. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I saw them on the like third stage the year before. Yeah. And then I didn't go to the next year, but that was when they jumped from that stage to headlining. Totally. The entire thing. And, and obviously that paid off because. They're still huge now. Yeah, they? and it's like it's mm. not about necessarily, you know, okay, how many albums have you got? It's like no, it's whether or not the music's actually connected with people. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the the only thing with so this is the difficulty with Trivium, right? And I think this kind of sums them up uh, is with their careers. I think they've absolutely got the chops to headline download. I think they've got the songs. Mm. I just don't know if they'd have the amount of people behind them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think this is what we say, like where you see events selling out arenas and stadiums and whatever on their you say own that. now. Do you remember I can't, when we saw them at the O2, that's the most mm. of a band's own merch I've seen people wear outside of an Iron yeah. Maiden concert. <laughs> so I wonder whether there is this weird, like silent majority of Trivium fans or... But this is it. I wonder how many, like... I mean, you've got you've got events tracks playing on like mainstream radio all across the world you don't get that so much with Trivium. I think that you've got a smaller, but very, very dedicated mm. audience. Yeah. Mm. I would, I would, I'd love to see them headline. I think that'd be so, so fucking cool. Yeah. It's one of the things so that cool. I, like, really well I know they headlined, um, they did headline Bloodstock. Obviously it's a much smaller festival. That's one of the things that I've enjoyed about Bloodstock is I'm like watching bands, which are like, you know, are actually getting a chance to headline a festival mm-hmm. like Ghost, yeah. um, Mastodon, you know, Trivium, Lamb of God, like, you know, these are huge names of metal, but they've never been given like the stage as big as download. But I think like yeah. eventually like the, you know, Kiss claim to be retiring. <laughs> uh may not <laughs> go forever. Jesus Priest aren't gonna go forever. Def Left aren't gonna go forever. Like ACDC aren't gonna go forever. You know, there's like I don't know about ACDC, they seem to be doing their best. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ang- Angus Young's just going to be one of those like heads in the jars from yeah. Futurama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have like a oh my god. Okay, so Angus Young is a head in the jar, <laughs> and like Brian Johnson is kind of like maybe um, you know Krang from like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like yeah. the big oh, robot. Yeah. Then Brian Johnson yeah. is like in his stomach, and then imagine like the big <laughs> robot from that Krang's in, but with a flat cap on as well. Flat cap. Because yeah. they got up the flat cap. How would you know who it was? <laughs> Hey, speaking of a few of those bands, actually, um, we've got something pretty exciting coming up, I think, over the next uh, few episodes. Um, so 2020 is the 40th anniversary of a lot of absolutely huge genre-defining uh, classic rock and metal albums. Um, and The Empire Strikes Back. And The Empire Strikes Back. Hey, we should probably do an episode on that as well. That's a good Star Wars God, movie. God, I love that film yeah. so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, we'll fill it in the schedule. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks uh, is basically kind of like start to cover a few of those classic albums. We're going to do a little detour first, but we get, if, you, uh, if you're into like your classic rock and you know we are, then get ready for some episodes on ACDC, Sabbath, Ozzy, um, Judas Priest. Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot Ozzy as well. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Motorhead. Um, like it's. Uh, we, I mean, we've already covered Iron Maiden's first album, but like 1980 is like a absolute embarrassment of riches. It's for, wild, yeah, isn't it? for classic rock and uh, yeah. metal albums. But um, yeah, speaking of download headliners, our next episode is going to be on the one and only 
Def Leppard. And uh, speaking of, again, albums that spent a long time being made, Hysteria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you want, if so, um, if you guys want to maybe listen in advance or know what to uh, look out for, get ready for the most 1980s sounding album <laughs> that's ever been made. Oh, it's also, so good. Though. Or is I it? Love, find out next I week. love that I've, I've, just, I've just complained about an album being like too polished. Yeah. And <laughs> next week, spoiler alert, I am going to, I'm going to be bigging up this album. The absolute mirror sheen uh, finishing production of Hysteria. Yeah, guys. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, fire up Spotify, or if you've got if you even got the album on record, because I saw it for sale on vinyl once, and I didn't buy it, and I regret it so oh. much. Uh, it's and also like, I think one of the things this you know everyone likes completely different things. These albums that we're going to be covering are so fucking monumental mm. that even if you think like, oh, I don't like Def Leppard, I've, I've not really listened to this, I don't want to, just give it a listen, give it a listen. I feel with like us. Def Leppard's quite a crossover, but I'll, we'll talk about it next week. But yeah, like my mum loves the album Hysteria, and she's not really into rock or metal. At all, I yeah. think like that is an album that a lot of people just love. So so well made. It's the thriller, <laughs> yeah. it's, um, the thriller of rock music. Yes, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you haven't listened to those things, it would be really really cool uh, if you if you check them out and um, join us join us for a, a good kind of discussion on it mm. and if and let us mm. know your thoughts as well. Yeah. So please do get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch via email where we are slowlyrock at gmail.com. Instagram is at slowlyrockpodcast. Twitter is at slowlyrock. Facebook at slowlyrock. Get in touch. It'd be really, really, really fun uh, whilst we're all kind of cooped up. Come and check out some classic albums Yeah, us. definitely. Because, uh, because, because, because we're not going to gigs and a lot of bands have like had to delay albums and tours and things like that, um, we, this is like such a good opportunity to dive into like the vault. So if there are any classic albums you want to listen to, um, like sound off, let us know. We'll have a listen with you. We'll have a chat with it. We'll have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. Really exciting. So guys, there, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Please do get in touch. Um, we'll be back with Hysteria. Yeah. And I I, I, I feel like we're, we're going to keep up this pretty regular routine think, as well. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. we have nothing else to do. <laughs> <laughs> Captive audience. Yeah. yeah. In the meantime, guys. Uh, pod harder on the strings of your martyr. Oh, it was such a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Cheers, guys. Bye. Right, bye. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye.